This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into another Duck Territory Roundtable. I'm Matt Prame. We've got Kevin Way. We've got Eric Scopel on the site, all from DuckTerritory.com. Look, we're talking Oregon football. We're talking Oregon football recruiting. We've, we've got a ton of stuff to get to on today's show. New series. We're doing these roundtables through Zoom, doing some video. Hope you guys enjoy them. If you are not a subscriber to DuckTerritory.com, highly encourage you guys to check that out because right now you could sign up and get VIP access, get to access to read across the entire 24-7 sports network. Uh, a monthly membership starts at just $1, and after that goes to $9.95. Or you could get uh, uh, annual membership. We've docked the price off to 30% off. It's $6.26 a month. You're billed up front one time, $75.18. Now, if you choose that monthly feature, I'll, I'll give you a little pro tip here. After your first month is over, you get CBS All Access for free. And that is a streaming platform. You get live shows, you get movies, you get news. When sports comes back, you'll get sports on there as well. It's all commercial free. It's all on demand as well. And it's free with your membership to duckterritory.com. Going the monthly route is the quickest way to get to the all access for free. You could also do it annually, uh, but you don't get that membership benefit until after your first full year on the site. All right, we've got that out of the way. Now, we've got a lot to discuss on this one. We're going to talk Anthony Brown, the addition at the quarterback position. We'll segue over to some recruiting news that's happened. And then we'll also talk about some news that we got with Chris Ball, head coach of the Ducks football program along the offensive line. Remember, they've got four guys that they're replacing along that spot. Uh, so we've got a good show for today. Um, let's start this off. Anthony Brown transfers to Oregon after playing three years at Boston College. Was a three-year starter for the Eagles. Played his first freshman year, a redshirt freshman year, three years ago. But started basically the entire year. And, and then the last two games missed time because of injury. Solid freshman season there. And then junior year, he was, he was pretty solid. And then his senior year, uh, excuse me, sophomore year, he was pretty solid for the Eagles. And then this past season as a junior, it looked like he'd maybe turned the corner. His, his percentages were up. His yards per completion were up. His touchdowns to interception ratio was up. Production across the board was up. He had a really big, really good game against Louisville before suffering another injury, his second knee injury that cut his junior season short. And then after uh, Asnero left the program, he decided he wanted a new, a new place to play. And it was originally reported that Oregon would be kind of a favorite. And then nothing happened for a period of time. And then about a week ago, Anthony Brown announced on Twitter that he was grad transferring to Oregon, would be eligible to play right away during the 2020 football season. And here we are today with that information. Now, Eric, why would Oregon bring in a grad transfer right now for the quarterback position, what's the what's the justification for that? 
I think it's a really reasonable question considering even what Mario Cristobal said about Tyler Shuck uh, last Friday, just that he entered the spring as a starter. He exits as a starter. They're very fired up about what they have with him. So, yeah, I think there is question of, like, why would they go through this? But I think you also have to remember that Oregon doesn't have a quarterback on the roster with any starting experience. And outside of Shuck, no one's even really stepped on the field before. So uh, they brought in two prep quarterbacks in this 2019 class – or, sorry, 2020 class to kind of help figure some of that stuff out. But I think at this end of the day, you, you wanted someone with some experience to, to provide that and to kind of act as potentially that safety net if things with Shuck don't work out or knock on wood here and I'm knocking on all the wood I can around the apartment, uh, if, if there's an injury to Shuck, if he's the starting quarterback and they, he gets knocked out like what happened to Justin Herbert a couple of years ago, you don't want to rely on a new quarterback once again. And we saw that played out even with players on the roster I think we think are more talented than what Braxton Burmeister was a couple of years ago. You just don't know. And I think uh, you, you learn from history, which tells you you want to have as many good quarterbacks as you can on the roster as possible. And and look, they went out and they did that. And, and Brown, to me, feels like a player that is capable of starting. But I still think, and, and you guys might disagree, I still think this is Tyler Shuck's job to lose. Uh, and, and I think I'll think this really changes that. But certainly it adds another dynamic to, to whenever they do reconvene for practice. Nationally, Kevin, this, this turned a lot of heads, I think, when the commitment happened. Um, what was the, the perception that you saw that, that played out? And just how was this received from a bigger picture scope of, of Oregon football? I think Anthony Brown, because he took that visit right before everything shut down, kind of flew under the radar. So it kind of was a huge national splash. And when you look at that like 30,000 foot level about Oregon football, what does the general populace know about Oregon football? Oh, they're losing Justin Herbert. Right. Like the people that routinely look at Oregon football have been following the bit of spring ball we saw were really attuned to the quarterback battle. How is Tyler Shuck going to take over? But the national picture was like, what is Oregon going to do at quarterback? And I think if you look at those national rankings in the preseason from all the different media outlets, uh, Oregon was a top 10, even a top five team some places, but the quarterback question was significant. And now that you're like, now that the ducks have Tyler Shuck, who's, kind of earn his way to, to be this, named the starter coming out of spring, but then they add Anthony Brown into that mix. I think that's a huge addition to making people say, you know what, the Ducks are going to be fine, regardless if it's Tyler Shuck or Anthony Brown. And one thing that I think was pointed out nationally in a few of the interviews he did, he said there were no guarantees made. Uh, Oregon was mentioned for another, a few other grad transfer quarterbacks, including Jamie Newbin, who went from Wake Forest to Georgia. and when you look at why he went to Georgia, it was because he was going to be the starter. And I think that the fact that there's no guarantees made means that there will be some form of competition between Shuck and Brown. So I think nationally it was received very well. Uh, and I think just positions the Ducks to be even higher in some of those preseason top 25 rankings, uh, especially as we inch closer to the 2020 season. Um. This week, though, I think the other kind of interesting news, recruiting's still pretty shut down, yeah. but I think the, the interesting news that came out of this week is a number of top prospects, including guys that are really high up Oregon's board, released top eight list, top six list, the top 12 list in there uh, with five-star wide receiver Troy Franklin putting the Ducks in his top six on Monday night, Brock Browers putting the Ducks in his top eight, and then wide receiver Dante Thornton putting the Ducks in his top 12 this weekend. Um, I think that's 
really top targets. I mean, one of the top what, tight ends nationally, two of the top receivers, uh, though not the top receiver in the nation who has already included the Ducks in his top list, Emeka Ibuka. Matt, out of those three, who do you think is most likely to commit to Oregon? You know, I, I, I look at this group, and I think there's a legit chance that Oregon could, could get all three. I mean, maybe I'm wrong on that one, Kevin, but I mean, I, I don't think that's a high probability, but I think it's, it, there's scenarios out there where they land all three of those guys. Um, where Oregon, who Oregon lands, who's m- most likely to land out of that group, I would, I would lean with Troy Franklin, the five-star from Menlo Park, California. Uh, he's ranked as the third best receiver in the class, according to the 24-7 Sports composite. Uh, internally at 24-7 Sports, we're just as high as him on him as the, the, the uh, industry average is. He's the fourth best receiver in, in the country. You know, you're, you're, you're splitting razor thin, uh, you know, there of the difference of one and two spots. Uh, I think Troy, he's been on campus at, at Oregon a couple times already. Uh, was at Saturday Night Live. I believe he came up for a football game during the season as well. This is a guy that, that Oregon's put a lot of attention in towards already. They've invested a lot of, of time recruiting him. They've developed a good relationship with him. And even though Oregon doesn't currently have a wide receivers coach uh, on the staff, I think they've positioned themselves in a really good spot to be the leader for Troy Franklin. You look at the crystal ball. Three different crystal balls have been placed. One is undecided. One is for Washington. I think, Kevin, you got one uh, for Oregon. I, I'm very close as well to put one in for, for Oregon on behalf of Troy Franklin. I, I think they're the leaders uh, of this recruitment, and I think they're this is the guy out of those three that's most likely to land at Oregon. Yeah, definitely. I got that crystal ball in after he visited. He was tentatively said he wanted to return again this spring, but because the shutdowns wasn't able to make it, we'll probably see him – uh, get on campus though sometime in the fall. Eric, I mean, two wide receivers and a tight end. How would those guys fill the need for Oregon? I mean, it's uh, kind of a pretty important position, right? Yeah, it's almost self-explanatory because those are two spots that are probably the biggest needs on the roster. In fact, I'm not sure when this will come up, but we were discussing what Oregon's needs were if you were to put up a hypothetical trade with other schools. And it was pretty clear that wide receiver and tight end, both in the immediate future, but long-term would fill those needs. And, and you think about when they'd be arriving, Oregon would be losing Johnny Johnson and Jalen Red, who are their top two returning receivers this year. They'd be gone for that at that point. And then Cam McCormick, Hunter Campmoyer would also have exhausted their eligibility. So I don't think there's any question that uh, adding players of this caliber would uh, fill in some needs. I think these are – you guys can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel pretty strongly those are probably your two biggest needs still on the board right now, um, especially at receiver. And if you could add two players here that would be, what, probably pretty close to that highest regarded – highest-rated wide receiver recruits Oregon has signed, uh, that would be massive, and especially when we're talking about this passing attack that still has some question marks with the new quarterbacks coming in, with the new offensive coordinator. Um, obviously, there would be a year under their belt in 2020 to kind of figure out some stuff, but uh, certainly that would be a very positive development uh, for, this, for both the staff, but also for if it is Tyler Shuck or whoever it is at quarterback, uh, they'd love to see these guys uh, come in. 
Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, switching gears really quickly one last time. Uh, we did have an opportunity, the first opportunity since the uh, closure of spring practices and all athletics on campus at basically every part of the country. Um, we had an opportunity last Friday to speak with Mario Cristobal on a teleconference call. Uh, I'd say probably like 90% of them dealt with just you know, how they were dealing with COVID-19, how that impacted their workouts. But I, I was curious just to see kind of what the, what the spring meant for the offensive line. Matt talked about it on the, on the top of the show here. They lost four starters. The one they do bring back, of course, is the big one, Penne Sewell. But uh, certainly a lot of answers or questions, I should say, that need to be answered. But Cristobal, very, very positive about what they got done in those four practices. Quote, I'm really pleased with the progress of the offensive line. I thought we found some answers and we found them in a hurry. Obviously, guys like Calvin Throckmorton, Jake Hansen, Brady Aiello, Dallas Wormack, Shane Lemieux led the, bu- the blueprint on how to do things up front. Those guys, these guys have followed it to a T. I'm really pleased with the progress of the offensive line. He then ran through, and, and there's, a, there's a story on the site that you can check out for the specifics of it, but he did run through a list of guys that he had been impressed with, and I'll just say the names here, but redshirt junior Alex Forsyth received some praise, redshirt junior Malasala Amave Laulu, redshirt senior Sam Putasi, uh, in, incoming Juco transfer TJ Bass, who was here for the spring, was also mentioned. Uh, he called Stephen Jones, who's a redshirt sophomore, a player who has a potential to be one of the best players, not just in the Pac-12, but in the country as an offensive lineman. And then also some really positive things he shared about the developments of a couple of other young players in Jonah Toyanu and uh, true freshman Jonathan Dennis, who is also on campus. Uh, Kevin, let's turn to you here. Uh, I ran through the list of names. Who stands out or maybe who surprises you that Cristobal seems really excited about? I think Jonathan Dennis was kind of just like, I think he is the surprise to me of the entire uh, four spring practices we got. I mean, coming out of recruit, he committed to Oregon, hadn't even visited, not a lot known about him, That just that he was from the Miami area, and then shows up on campus and made an impact in his first few practices. I think that's a guy that Oregon fans are going to be pleasantly surprised about. Uh, and I think that there's just a lot of buzz regarding the program. I think he could be a, a guy in line to get some some reps playing time as a true freshman, which is pretty impressive considering Oregon's offensive line and some of those other names, especially when you already have uh, Penae Sewell and Stephen Jones, who Chris Walk had high praise for on that offensive line. Yeah, you're right. True freshmen typically don't get an opportunity to start uh, at most schools, Oregon in particular. I know when Penae Sewell uh, opened the season at left tackle a couple of years ago, that was I think like the first opening game starter in like a decade or two. Um, Matt, I know it's really hard to, to say, but can you do you think there's a chance that this group, just from a talent perspective, could end up being better than what we saw last year? Obviously, experience would, would not be favored uh, with this year's group, but from a talent perspective, do you think that's a thing we could see happen? 
Yeah, and, and real quick, I want to touch on, I agree with Kevin that Jonathan Dennis was one of the more surprising developments of spring ball just because, like you said, there wasn't much known about him coming into, into the high school, into the program when he committed. It was, wasn't that a left field. We were prepared for it, but it was one of those deals where he, he hadn't even visited yet and he had committed. Um, but as for going forward of, of, can this group be better than last year? I think early on, no. Uh, four, losing four seniors along the offensive line, starting group, uh, your top reserve being another senior, that's going to – there's going to be bumps in the road. Now, Oregon also is extremely lucky, and uh, maybe luck isn't the right word, but just fortunate that the best offensive lineman in the country coming back is also the, the one guy that's returning from the starting lineup. Now, I will say halfway through the year, at the end of the season, this group could be playing at a better clip than the one before them just because if you look at the offensive linemen that they have recruited the last few seasons and who is now being mentioned by Cristobal uh, as guys that stand out, their rankings coming out of high school are significantly higher than, than everyone that, that they're replacing across the board. You know, Malastala was the number one offensive line recruit in the junior college ranks. Stephen Jones, I believe, was higher rated than, than Penay Sewell or right around there uh, coming out of high school. And he redshirted last season. Alex Forsyth is a junior that was a four-star recruit coming out of West Lynn and, and has sat for the last two seasons behind Shane Lemieux. Um, I, I look at this group and see on paper the talent is better. It just needs to be refined. And so I think early on, there's going to be bumps. There's going to be some some rocky moments. But at the end of the season, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if that offensive line has clicked and they have found their groove and they are playing at a better level than we saw last season up front along the offensive line. And also just overall development and coaching of that position group. And think about it, Eric. How many how many coaches do we do we see at practice that are that are working with that group? Three, maybe four. I actually, I haven't looked recently. It was three, I think, for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, they're going to get a hands-on approach. It's Mario Cristobal's baby, like you said. Uh, I, I think they're going to be really, really talented next season. It's just going to take some time to get Oregon's offensive line back into a, a groove that they were at last season. So, all right, hopefully you guys enjoyed this roundtable we're going to keep doing these uh first one we did last week got some good reception on it so we appreciate you watching um stay tuned for more we'll do more of these next week one a week as well and if you're not a subscriber to duckterritory.com i highly encourage you guys to jump in on that one dollar for your first month or you could get 30 percent off your annual membership and then when you're paying regular price uh monthly or annually you get cbs all access for for free that's a streaming platform that's got all of CBS's content, movies, sports, uh, TV shows, all commercial free, uh, on demand as well on CBS All Access. That's for free with your membership when you're paying uh, regular pricing at DuckTerritory.com. So for Kevin, for Eric, and myself, Matt, thanks for watching. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.